The holidays are just around the corner, and it's time to be thinking about getting those perfect gifts for family, friends, or maybe even for yourself. We have the perfect opportunity for you to take care of that shopping list and support ACB Media at the same time. It's the ACB Media Holiday Auction. Join us on Sunday, November 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on Zoom or on ACB Media. You can bid on great, unique items like handmade crafts, collectibles, technology, and food including those wonderful baked goods and a whole lot more. If you want to get a jump start on things, the Sneak-A-Peak Appetizer Auction is also back this year on November 25th and 26th. Watch your email for more details or contact Leslie Spoon. Her email address is lesliespoon at cfl.rr.com. We'll see you Sunday, November the 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific at the ACB Media Holiday Auction. Happy bidding! Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talk to Tell It to the World Marketing in the ACB Community. Tonight, I am pleased and privileged to have you all with us. My name is Patty Fletcher, and I will be your host for the next little while. We have with us this evening author and poet Marlene Massat, whom many of you know from writing works, wonders, and lots of other neat writerly places. So without further ado, I'm going to leap right in with Marlene. Marlene, thank you for being with us. I would like for you to introduce yourself and give us a brief synopsis of who you are and what you do. Thank you, Patty. Hello, everyone. My name is Marlene Massat. Uh, I'm a Christian writer. I have a passion for mystery, and I believe in inclusion for people with disabilities. I write uh, a mystery series called Four Elements of Mystery, which has two books. They're in print, ebook, and audiobook. They're on Audible and um, almost every other place you can think of that sells audiobooks. And you can also get my audiobooks through Hoopla and Overdrive Media if you have library digital uh, media. Um, I have a standalone novel called The Cat Stalker's Sonnets, which is only in print and ebook right now. Um, I have a poetry collection called The Author's Edge, which is in all three formats, and a new story, short story collection called The Spirit of One, which was su technically supposed to be an audiobook only. But in order to get it on Audible, I had to do an Amazon ebook. So that's <laughs> available, yeah, through Kindle Unlimited as well. Um, and then I have a chapbook called Edgy Poetry, which is available in print and ebook. It's 20, 30 poems. Um, I, oh, do you want me to? I'm an only child, grandchild, and niece. Um, and I was born uh, with uh, born weekly blind and with hearing issues, although they didn't discover that till I was in first grade. Um, basically, I was very premature and uh, nerve damage contributed to 
all the issues. So I attended public school, went to sight-saving class for eight years in public school, and then I went to public high school. I graduated from Manchester West High in uh, 1969. That's not 1869. That's 1969. <laughs> <laughs> um, Manchester, New Hampshire. Wow. I was, <laughs> was on the honor roll all four years, and I went to Keene State College and got a a bachelor's degree in teaching, but however, uh, never got a chance to actually use it because people would always say, you know, back then, people that had handicaps, especially more than one, what can she do? Right. So I ended up working in factories and, you know, not using degrees. And then I went back again and got a master's degree in library and information studies. I was hoping to get a job as an NLS librarian. However, I didn't know how to go about it or where to go. And <laughs> I, I did get a job, though, as a information and resources coordinator with a um, uh, independent living um, organization that advocated for people with disabilities at the time in Greensboro, North Carolina. And then I went and worked at Industries of the Blind for 10 years before I retired. So that's now I'm hoping to, you know, make... Uh, a career make make your mark in the writing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. <clears throat> you reached out to me a few weeks ago and said, I'm doing new things. I'd like to be interviewed by you again. So first of all, uh, just a brief question how did you decide to go from all these other pathways that you told us about your factory work and your college and your not using degrees and uh, all of the above to this writing journey? What put your feet upon that path? Oh my goodness. I wanted to be a writer ever since I was six years old. Oh, I used to, oh yeah. I used to make up stories even, even, preschool my grandfather taught me um the colors of the crayons uh, how to sound out words it was actually my grandfather that got me to learn how to read and I was actually sounding words out when I was in kindergarten and they didn't start teaching reading until first grade back then right yeah so I've always wanted to be a writer I just so you, never knew so you, how <laughs> right so you've been pounding that drum forever and you finally yeah. found your way and you have all these books that you have named. Um, talk to us about your inspirations and what gets your muse activated to bring forth all of these different, you have mysteries and you have poetry and how does all that work together? Well, um, the original novel that I wrote was The Persian Fire, which is the first in my mystery series. And the inspiration for that was B.J. Hoff's Daybreak mystery series. Um, she had a character who was blind, who was a radio station operator, Daniel Kane. And uh, I actually wrote to her and she said she had never had uh, any contact with anyone who was blind. And she just did research and he had a guide dog. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed her series on that. Well, gee, she can write about someone being blind who has never had that experience. I mean, I know a lot about that, so I can write about that. 
But anyway, the actually when I was in college at Keene, there was uh, it was during like 1970. There was a lot of um, bomb threats and unrest and stuff with Vietnam, and um, something happened that one semester we had a lot of bomb threats and scares and uh, false false alarms with the fire alarm, and we were always having to go outside at night and <laughs> for a false alarm and. Uh, that is what inspired the person fire and it went off in a totally you know different track itself but that's what got it started and then i wanted to have a they came up with the idea of the four elements of mist four elements of mystery so there should be four in the series and there's actually two and a half because i'm working on the third one where a blind a deaf blind uh, high school student gets kidnapped so i hope that will come out really well once i can never get it finished <laughs> uh Wow, that would be and, a lot of upheaval to be shaken out of your bed in the middle of the night and sent out into the dark with the threat of violence upon your building. And did you transpose that into that book, give it that suspense that you are always wondering, is this going to be the next, is it going to be it for me kind of thing? Actually, not as not in the as much with the bomb threats i don't know i i, I not necessarily the bomb threats but i'm talking about that suspense did you put that into your mystery well i the put suspense in but yeah. not in the way you're um actually i didn't even it's it was kind of like oh no not again when we were Right, right. Going through it, yeah. So now that the suspense in it actually comes about more in the intricacy of the plot, where the there's someone they don't realize at first, but there's someone actually after Misty, the oh. heroine, and it has to do more with that things that happened to her. She seems to be all always there when something bad goes happens. And oh, okay, that that's where it comes in. Gotcha, gotcha. So you have new things afoot as well as all of your uh, writing. So before I get to that new stuff, I am curious about this book of um, edgy poetry. It says not for bedtime reading. <laughs> uh, tell us a little bit about that. Is it because uh, tell us what that means. That's uh, without giving. I wanted. Much. Yeah, I wanted to write something um with an edge to it where it starts off where it's it's not um it's poems that are not too uh, sinister but yet towards the end you get more of a, a mystery or suspense uh feeling in it um and there's like this one poem in there that was a true story it was actually my aunt um died when i was 12 uh suddenly she had a stroke and um my father woke me up in the morning and he said you know um did you hear the phone last night and you're talking to somebody who has to wear hearing aids they're like yeah right sure <laughs> no i'm not gonna hear the phone dad you right. know that but he was trying to weed in to let me know that that my aunt had died uh suddenly overnight she had a shock and we you know no one had expected it she was only in her 40s anyway i wrote a poem recently out of that um experience and uh that's one of the poems in there and it's just uh through my writer's group behind our eyes um 
I've done a lot of poetry in the last so, three years or so. More so, before I joined Behind Our Eyes, I had one document, one string long document with a whole lot of poems I had written throughout the years. Now I've got <laughs> so many folders. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Unreal. Inspired your poetry muse, did they? Yeah. <laughs> So tell us a little about the writing groups that you are in. Writing groups are important. It's good to work with kindred spirits, like-minded people. Talk to us about Behind Our Eyes. Is it the only group you're in? Or Well, oh. it's the only formal writing group. Um, do you um, count um, the Writer's Grapevine as a writing well, group? Well, I mean, you're in, a, you're in a writing group. So tell us about Behind Our Eyes, who it is. What it is and um, what okay. it does and what it does for you. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Behind Our Eyes is the writer's group for individuals with all types of disabilities. The website is behindoureyes.org. And, you know, we welcome um, anyone who has any type of disability to join. We have lots of inspirational support among members, um, activities for writers. We have a fabulous time during National Poetry Month. Last year, I actually wrote a, a book of 30 new poems during wow. April. And it's the first time, and there are four of us. I'd like to mention, um, uh, she's also your client, Trish Hubsman, who is also right. a mystery writer. She and I and... Um, Carrie and Sandra were the four people who all wrote a new poem all 30 days. So congrats to everybody. Fantastic. And this turned into a book for you? Yeah, it will. It's it's called it's going to be eventually when it gets published. It's um Mouse Menagerie, um 30 days of poetry national poetry month 2022 and i no actually wonder. put some others in there that are not that were not um shared with my group so i've got more than one of for a day and then i've got some little extras in there too fantastic <laughs> so tell us what it is that you have released that's that's your new work that you want to talk, what inspired you to reach out to me and say, I need to talk again. I need to let people know what's going on with me. Well, the two newest ones are The Author's Edge and The the Spirit of One, which are the four short stories. And um, they're, they're under $5 on Audible. And then, of course, um, oh, I do have free audio book codes if anybody wants any of my four audio books. But the free codes are through Authors Direct. And you would have to download their free app onto your phone or tablet to be able to to use the code. So, it, but uh, but my books are on Audible as well because I know a lot of the the devices that read the Bard books. I don't think you can download um, apps onto those. Do you know? No, you would have to download on your regular phone or other device. And tablet. the the best way that I can recommend that people deal with that is to get directly in touch with the author and Marlene will give us that information toward the end of the show. <clears throat> Before we leap into uh, opening the floor for our guests, 
I want to just let you go ahead and talk about your newest books. Give us a synopsis of both of them and uh, talk a little bit about each one and uh, just let us know about them a little more. And if you have any material from either one of those you'd like to share, you can do that as well. Um, the Author's Edge is a collection of 80 poems. Holy cow. It has to do with writing. And a lot of the inspiration came from uh, the, the writers group, as well as Writing Works Wonders podcast with Cheryl McNeil Fisher and Kathy King, which I regularly appear on every Friday. And my um, prompt responses are on their prompts page. I'm trying to see if I can do every one this year. I miss. I missed a couple last year. There was uh, an issue where my, uh, at one point, my, all oh, the dog was dying, and I missed that week because it was kind of a crisis time. And uh, Toya, oh my gosh, she was a mastiff, and she lived to be thirteen, and that's unusual for a large breed dog to live so long. Right. But anyway, yeah, uh, we make plans. Track. Yeah, we make plans, and yeah. the universe takes us in, in other. Uh, courses but you mentioned writing works wonders and that's another group that you are in but um so you were inspired by those prompts is that what got you going 80 poems did you say yeah um between wow. the right the writers group well actually what happened was um what it is is a combination of 2021 and 2020 no, 2020 and 2021 National Poetry Month and poems I wrote during those years. It was going to start, originally it was going to be a chapbook. It was going to be 40 poems. And then I just, you know, as the time went on, I put both years together. So it's actually two years worth of 40 poems, if you want to put it that way. And there's a forward by another client of yours, Linda McKinney Lambert. Yes, I have seen that. Mm -hmm. So you have all this. Um, in gathering of poems and 80 poems in this amazing book. Tell us about your other newest project. The other one, the recent one is the, the spirit of one. It's uh, I would say fantasy and mystery. There's four short stories. And what happened was um, I've published in several anthologies with Christian um Oh, let's see, Christian. Um, oh, Christian marketing. Oh, how's it going? Christian. Oh my goodness! Let me go look. My my mind just went took a hike. That's, a, that's okay. So you published. Christian, oh, Christian book marketing. Oh my goodness! Right. That's okay. <laughs> that happens to us all as we must know out, right? And that's yes. That's yeah. That's how come I advise everybody to have their footnotes in front of them when they. But go ahead. That's okay. 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 So um, what uh, I've actually got a nonfiction article and a short story, and they're in uh, four different anthologies from Christian Book Marketing. And so I took the four short stories and put them together to make a small collection that would make something affordable, but it would also uh, show, uh, you know, something about my writing and all of the stories started with the word one there's um one weekend in the woods 
one door knocking, one man's destiny, and one man's quest seeking the unpardonable sin. And um, so it's a, a, a handy way to have a, a more inexpensive, um, affordable work with samples of what I do. And uh, most, let's see, one, the one man's destiny is a spiritual warfare story. Uh, one Weekend in the Woods is sort of a haunted house story with a twist. And um, one, wait a minute, One Door Knocking, I'm sorry. One Door Knocking is a haunted house story. <laughs> one Weekend in the Woods is a mystery. And uh, One Man's Quest is a fantasy. And oh my goodness, my narrator, Timothy G. Little, just was fantastic this animals and creatures and the mountain talks and the oh oh it's just amazing (laughs) good 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 sounds sounds good so now we are going to give our audience a chance to ask you questions so audience if you are out there and you have questions for marlene now is the time there is no wrong question no stupid question so, hosts, do we have raised hands? We'll start in Zoom. Okay, I'm not seeing any raised hands right now in Zoom. Okay, Clubhouse? At the moment, there are no raised hands. I am double-checking. Um, we did have some new people in Clubhouse, so just a quick reminder, if you would like to ask Marlene a question, and you're unsure how to raise your hand, it's that request to speak button at the bottom right-hand side of your phone, and then you will get an invite to come on stage. Okay. So while we wait to see if people have questions for Marlene, Marlene, when let's go back and give people an idea. When did, because people talk about, you know, how how long does it take to get a book published or what is the process and all those other questions that I had hoped the audience would ask. But anyway, when did you put out your first book? Take us on a timeline uh, through your writing process. Well, I actually wrote The Purging Fire in 1990. And... Um, there was a publisher called uh, Star, I think it was. Uh, they were a relatively new Christian publisher, and they were going to publish it. But the person who uh, apparently was going to head the organization died suddenly. So they oh, never actually yeah, got started. So then I submitted to Harvest House, which was is a Christian publisher. I don't know if they still are, but they were very big in Christian publishing and they sent me back a letter and said we think that you write very professionally but we don't think we could sell this again you know because the main characters were disabled both of them and um I won't give Alex's secret away but right right uh yeah uh they wasn't really mainstream I guess stuff and anyway I sort of had a bad experience in 2006 i did get it published but it was a company called publish america and i so i have a backlist horrible um oh, yeah copy yeah. of it 
that is um, unfortunately out of print because <laughs> when you no no seriously when you it haunts me because when you uh when you cut and and stuff sometimes you end up cutting up something that's important that there was oh a did that happen to yes you? oh and that was misspelling it was horrible I'm so glad it's not available but it may show up anyway in two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmares, if it does, yes. we'll. If it does, we will shoot it down. We will. We will Good. put it back under the ground where it belongs. Yeah. Please. Everybody has a horror story. Uh, I've read some scary ones, but that just goes to show you that what Marlene is telling you is you pick yourself up and keep going because that did get published, right? Yes, in 2018, Christian Faith Publishing published it the print and the ebook version and in there is bonus material with the print and ebook version and that is a play that i had written and i incorporated the play into the story the play is called uh where will you turn and it's kind of about um like if if you lost your spouse your best friend your job I mean, you had nothing. Then, then where would you turn? And of course, being a Christian writer, I mean, you're going to, from my point of view, you're going to turn to God. So, it's a four-scene, one-act play, and um, it's it's available. I in the uh, printed version. It's not in the audio version. And then in 2020, um, I'll be honest here. I took the money I got from COVID. And I got my first audio book published. It was that's amazing. okay. Yeah, that's that's okay. A lot of people took that stimulus and did just exactly that. They stimulated their life, their growth. And yeah. that was a responsible thing to do. You stimulated your author's business with that. And then in 2021, I did the same thing with that stimulus. I went towards my audiobook, the second mm -hmm. book, The Snowball Effect. Right. So you, you have battled... Uh, beastly publishers and hideous now <laughs> yeah. out of now out of print things and you have your success so i'll try again do we have any questions from our audience we do have a raised hand in zoom awesome. and that is ann chapetta you can unmute oh hi ann hi annie hey <laughs> 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 How are you tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good, thanks. And you? I'm good. Uh, Mar, I just wanted to pop in, Marlene, and tell you, um, you know, what a wonderful writer you are. And uh, when I first met you, I had no idea you had so much material already written and sharing your poetry and getting to know you and working with you, um, you know, has been wonderful. And I just wanted to let you know that. Um, and, you know, I wish you, I mean, I hope you get 30 more poems written for National Poetry Month. <laughs> I want to, because I couldn't do it. I, I thought I would. Oh, uh, thank you so much, Annie. You should be in the in world records. You should <laughs> do it now. Because that is hard. I tried like three times and I couldn't do it. So, Oh, my gosh. All the best to you. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll see you soon, probably, somewhere. Um Almost okay. definitely. I yeah. not don't know if I'm going to make the readers' workshop, but tonight. Uh -oh. but, uh, you can come in late. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I I know they'll forgive you. 
Yeah. I, I, I also want to say, Annie, I have, I think I have all of your audible books as well. Annie is an amazing writer and she and I are somewhat on the, the same train in a way because she does a lot of fantasy and um, I'm sort of dabbling in that too. So yeah, Annie well, is absolutely fantastic. You should look oh, her up on you. Audible. <laughs> it's about so you. you. Guys, so you guys are uh, both in similar groups and both, yeah. both working on the same on the same train. So that's very good. Thank you, Annie. For you're welcome for All being right. here. We appreciate. Um, always glad to have you. And we do have a clubhouse uh, person on stage. Fabulous, Abby. Awesome. Marlene, <laughs> they're coming at you from all sides. Abby is another uh, partner in the writing crime. Hi, Abby, and thanks for being here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know that I've ever committed any crimes. In writing, well, but, only uh, on the page. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not even sure if that's a crime. I don't know. Anyway, but Marlene, I like... <laughs> Marley, like Annie, I just wanted to pop in and tell you you're doing a great job. I know earlier the technological difficulties kind of got us off to a rocky start, but you just came right in there and you did your thing, and it's just wonderful. And I also want to say how much I enjoyed The Author's Edge. I got it from Audible, and Timothy Little does an excellent job bringing out the whimsical quality of those poems. I highly recommend that to anybody even if you don't like poetry, even if you're not a writer, I think you'll love these poems because they're easy to understand. They're they're whimsical, and I I can't I don't think I can recommend them enough. And I'm definitely going to check out your edgy poetry chapbook as well, even though it's not on Audible. But the Ailey should do a pretty good job of reading it to me, so I will definitely check that out. Thank you for a great presentation, Marlene. Oh, Abby, bless you. She gave me such an amazing review on Audible. She did. She <laughs> she wrote an excellent review. It's also on her blog, I believe. And I went yes. and listened to the sample uh, of the poetry in that book. And I, as a result of that, bought it. So I can attest to what she is saying about the reading. It's very good. And if you all have never experienced poetry or if you've not experienced in that form, uh, you need to try it out. It's really awesome. Oh, Patty, that's just amazing. Oh, one thing I wanted to say about that. I told Timothy when I gave him the book, I said, um, now, I don't always follow the rules, so I don't necessarily have the proper meter and uh rhyme scheme um and he just was amazing i mean he read it like he was reading a story i think and um he just absolutely oh when i first gave him the purging fire i have to say it was um i was i had certain things in mind for, for certain characters how they would sound and um once i gave him the notes guidelines that find a way voices gives us to um go by to help our narrator he was spot on with all the characters i mean he just nailed it and it was i was so impressed with his work fabulous that's one thing that i want to have you elaborate on just a little 
everybody the first question out of their mouth almost when you tell them that you have a book. And this is throughout all communities, blind, sighted, everywhere now. Audiobooks are all the rage. The first question I've been asked most recently is, are your books on Audible? Talk to us a little bit about that process and explain to people just that it's, you know, what that's like. And it's not a, a magic button that you press and bing, your book is on Audible. <laughs> well, if you narrate your own, apparently you can upload your own books to Audible through uh, ACX.com, yeah, which is there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't um, read my own books. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have if I did, books. people would run screaming away. <laughs> Me so, too. Yeah. I don't have the voice for it. No, I don't no. have that. I don't either. But you but, went through a process to get a writer or to get an uh, talk to us yeah. a little bit about that. Okay. Yeah. Um. I uh. I publish. I don't just publish through Kindle. I use DLD books, which a lot of um. Behind our eyes, writers use. In fact, that's where I got the right. recommendation, and they are very affordable. They say that they are are editing services, but um, David um, puts my books up for me on on um, uh, Amazon on the Amazon page. Um, he helps. Yeah, me I with, think the with, best way to you know, to describe them is that they are a published editing and publishing assistants. They help you with every facet of that journey. Yeah. Yeah. And, and okay. So, um, through, uh, okay. So my other, uh, I asked, I called David and I asked him, would you be willing to work with Ingram spark? Because I didn't want to be just Amazon. And he said, sure. So, so he gets his templates from me from Ingram spark and, um, because I found Findaway Voices, which is one of three audio companies that they recommended uh, through Ingram Spark, I no, I never have to pay the fifty dollar casting fee, which is um, you know because of, because I've gone through one of their partners. So when you partner with someone like Findaway Voices, they give you guidelines they give you production notes what you can fill out for your narrator and this is so helpful because it also helps you keep on track as well as helping the narrator see what is in your mind and when you are when he is re after he records the book or he or she once you pick your narrator you can have auditions as many as you want and i actually <laughs> made him do the first narration the first audition twice because I said, gee, there wasn't a lot of, you know, difference between this character and that character. So would you do it again? Because <laughs> right away said you could do that. And he did. Anyway, he was the one that I liked the best out of the ones they gave me. I wanted male, somebody with a deeper voice that I could hear well. And I mean, I know it's, it's supposed to be for the reader. And by the way, the author's edge is not only for authors, it's for readers because if we didn't have readers, we wouldn't have authors. So, Correct. you know, right. it, it's for both. But anyway, um, so when once he's got the book files ready, he he uploads them, and I can download and listen to the files, and then we go back and forth if something needs to be corrected. 
you give him the reference according to where it is on the timeline of the audio, because the first time I gave him back uh, corrections, I gave him a PDF page and line whatever, <laughs> and he says, no, I need the audio. <laughs> so it's a process. It's yes, not just it's, a mad yeah. matter of somebody gets your book and sits down and makes a pot of tea and reads it and <laughs> no. bing, it's, it's up there. So I just wanted people to understand that it is a, a, a major undertaking to get everything done and uploaded as an audio. And it's not, you know, it's time consuming. So. Yes. Yes. It takes time to do that. Yes. It does. Do we have any more questions from either room? No raised hands in Zoom right now. Clubhouse. I am double checking, but so far I'm not seeing any raised hands. Well, Marlene, we must be doing excellent, <laughs> providing wonderful. Uh, I got upset one time. I did a show and hardly anybody asked questions. And I went lamenting off to, I went whining to another talk show host, a friend of mine. And they said, well, if you didn't have any questions, it meant you and your presenter were providing good, adequate information. So I'm going to go with that. Um, oh, yeah, <laughs> it means oh, we're doing. It means we're doing a good job, right? Maybe I should give them my website. Yeah. So let's. That's my next thing. Before we oh. do that, though. Okay. Um, <laughs> what of all your published work would you say was your hardest to complete and get <laughs> That's besides easy. the one that went completely bonkers yeah. when you began yeah. the hardest one is the one i'm trying to work on now book three for the four elements of mystic series whirlwind affairs like pulling teeth i don't know why but i you know i start off with an outline and i know basically what I want to do and where I want to go and then I get too excited and I start writing and then I get to the middle of the book and it's like okay how are you going to get there now <laughs> so in other words you make an idea and then your muse takes over yeah and I think I jump in too fast because I don't have enough planned out I'm sort of a I I attempt to be uh or uh or what do you call it? Well, anyway, I end up being a pantser, but I attempt to be well, water. <laughs> so maybe you're a little of both. Yeah. Because I, I don't so. think that any of us are always prepared for what our characters do. You know, we tell them, you are going to do these things and you shall not divert from this plan. And then they do. So do you think oh, it's yeah. a true statement when authors say, I don't write this stuff? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, when I was writing The Purging Fire, there's a scene um, that I was dead sure was going to be in chapter 19 and next to the last chapter. Lo and behold, it ended up in chapter 15. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you just never know where... Right things right. are going to end up or how they're going to do it's just you get to the end and go oh wow i'm glad that's over with now i know how it ends 
Uh, you know, and then when you put it aside and you and you come back to it to go over it before you go to publish it, which is always a good thing, then you look at it. If you could say, "Wow, I write, I wrote this," then that's a good point because you you if you feel that way, then yeah. hopefully your audience will too. Hopefully your audience will feel <laughs> that way. How long do you wait? So when you write your first draft and you've um, done it to death do you set it aside and then do you have a certain amount of time that you wait do you make yourself wait do you find you have to make yourself or are you sick of it sufficiently to set it aside and go on to something else while you wait for it to percolate is that hard for you um it's hard to say i i um i i have lots of things in the works that i keep going and when i get an idea i hurry up and write, write it right away write it down so i have it so i don't lose it <laughs> uh, well i know I, for me it's hard so i get the manuscript finished and then i think well i need to set it aside so i can stop seeing what i think i'm seeing and start paying attention to what's really there and then i think oh but i just want to look at it one more time and then when i finally send it off to the editor um, I had this experience last week. My proofreader editor wrote back and said, I'm ready to start working on your book now and let's clear up exactly what I want to, what you want me to do to it. And at the last sentence, she said, after I gave permission to do light editing, she said, oh, good, because there are some things that need reconstructed. And <laughs> I went, oh, but no, uh, so Don't do you find do it, it right. do you yeah. find it hard to let go of your baby once you have it? Yeah, um, I I would say with the experience with the Persian fire, I would say be careful of over um, cutting or over editing once you've gotten your work because, like I said, I accidentally took something out of chapter one that needed to be there, and I was like, oh. Anyway. oh I have all of the <laughs> files. I never throw anything away. Um, if Casey Matthews is somewhere listening, he's going, boy, that's right. She had to buy a <laughs> whole new computer to hold her files. So, Marlene, let's tell these fine people. Do we have any more questions before we go to our next? I don't see any raised hands at the okay. moment in Zoom. Mm -mm. All right. Marlene, you may make your group after all. <laughs> Let's um, give your uh, website. Where can these people go to find your work? They don't want to hear us talk about it. They want to read it, we hope. So where can they go do that? Well, um, um, like I said, I'm on Amazon, uh, Audible, um, oh gosh, everywhere. iTunes, uh, Goodreads, uh, you know. But, they, but there's a one-stop shop where they can oh. go. And my website duh that's it yeah <laughs> oh, golly <laughs> you know the brain it just kind of like walks off it, it, it does. you have, you to, have to go to the other room and find it that's yeah great, so. it's like your dog <laughs> yeah okay my website is marlsmenagerie.com m-a-r-l-s-m-e-n-a-g-e rie.com and my email because i don't have a contact information up there yet gotta figure that out is marl.misot at gmail.com m-a-r-l dot m-e-s-o-t at gmail.com and i will mention real quick that uh for those of you on clubhouse i have now pinned 
the uh, link to Marlene's website in the pinned links for anybody that would uh, like to check it out from there. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you. Irby. That is so good. We can depend on our support staff sir, for so much stuff. I don't know what, what I would do without my support hosts and streamers and everybody and our attendees. So before we let Marlene jump off, the one thing that happens, and Marlene, you will probably know this to be true, the more successful you get, the more things that you must do to remain successful. Am I correct on that? Ah, that's where you come in, Patty. <laughs> oh. You are my I try to be the catalyst. I try to be the <laughs> one that says, so here are things that you can do to, to get the word out about yourself. Would you say... I'm going to ask this question. I ask it of everyone. Would you say that for you, marketing is probably the hard part of your writing journey? Most definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I normally, if it wasn't for you and Writing Works Wonders and my writer's group, um, normally I wouldn't speak up. When I was in high school, they said in my uh, yearbook, can you imagine Marlene talking? Well, so. we can, because when you do, <laughs> you have important things to say. But I find that people tell me, I just thought writing would be the hardest part of this whole thing. It is not. Once you get the book written, you must tell people about it or no one will buy it. So what would you say is one of your most effective marketing tools do you find that interviews like this are helpful blogging your content on my side and other places or is it a plethora of things that you do that helps you well I think having your support staff is number one first I mean having you my writers group my narrator um you know and meeting other people that write and and are doing the same thing. Anything I can do to help anyone um, that wants to write or is in, interested in getting started writing, I'd be willing to help. I'd love to help other people. That's, you know, we all help each other. That's what we're here for. And right. yeah, um, I marketing is definitely the hardest because you have to um, <laughs> promote yourself. And that's not something a writer usually is, is, they say most writers are introverts, and I think that's probably true. Yes, not, we like to hide behind our devices and just yeah, we're not going to go put out our work. Horn. And yes, <laughs> um, but you do a good job when you do it. So before we go, does anybody have anything else they'd like to talk to Marlene about? You all have been a very quiet audience. No raised hands in Zoom. Well, that's okay. Sorry. That's okay. We um, are just here to get the word out about Marlene's book. Marlene, give us a recap. Um, give us a recap of all your books. Just list them. Uh, okay. Um, Four Elements of Mystery Series, The Purging Fire, The Snowball Effect, um, A Standalone Novel, The Cat Stalker's Sonnets, Poetry Chapbook, Edgy Poetry, and the author's edge poetry book and um the spirit of one four short stories 
so far. I've got wow. things in the works like a a an an anthology, which will probably be the next publication that I edited and I'm in with many other amazing writers, including Patty, which is going to be called Strange Weather, True Courts of Nature. We have 10 authors and 14 uh, entries. Some of us have two entries. And um, I've got some uh, short stories in the works and some a story poems and a collection of limericks and a whole bunch of stuff but i don't have enough wow. <laughs> the money to yeah. put them all right. out yet <laughs> so you're out here pounding the drums hoping to stir up business so that you can sell books and fund all your other writing projects marlene thank you so much for being with us this evening i appreciate you very much give us your website one more time marlesmenagerie.com and Marlene, thank you again. Thank you, everybody, for coming. This will be, uh, I will be getting a recording of this room, and it will go up on the Tell It to the World Marketing, talk to Tell It to the World Marketing podcast feed. We are available on all your podcast catchers, etc. Check us out. Thank you, ACB, all our streamers, everyone, and have a fantastic rest of your evening. Host, thank you very much. Herbie, Belinda, everybody. Have a great rest of your evening.